This episode of the All Things Music Podcast is brought to you by SideQuest Games. Brick-and-mortar game store with events located in beautiful downtown Wadsworth, Ohio. SideQuest Games has game nights for board games, Magic the Gathering Wednesdays, Magic the Gathering tournaments, Dungeons & Dragons green rooms, uh, Flesh Blood uh, CC, Pokemon. has everything you need for any kind of uh, brick-and-mortar gamer, not necessarily video games, but card games, things we like to do. If you're located in Ohio, you know that right now the weather is not the most great, and there's not a lot to do, so what better to do than go to SideQuest Games and check them out and play some cards when meet some friends and have a good time. So uh, SideQuest Games is located at 110 High Street in Wadsworth, Ohio. Again, that is 110 High Street at Wadsworth, Ohio. Or you can go to their website at sidequestgames.com. That is S-Y-D-E, questgames.com. Or give them a call at 330-33-RUN-7741. This episode is also brought to you by Hemp Joy. Hemp Joy is a flavor uh, CBD uh, outlet store, really. They have every CBD that you want. I you know I can't read from a script here just because I'm, I'm a... I'm a user myself, so I'll just tell you anecdotally how awesome it is. They have everything from CBD flour, they have CBD tinctures, they, you know, CBD helps you with stress, with anxiety. Uh, If you want something a little bit more, they have Delta 8, which is kind of the legal synthetic uh, version of THC. Not kind of, it is legal. Uh, I've used it myself. It's a lot of fun. It's very, you know, gets you feeling real mellow, real nice uh, if you are into that sort of thing. They also have CBD rollers for pain. They literally, they have gummies. They have have everything you need for CBD, for pain relief, for uh, anxiety, stress relief, uh, anything that CBD is used for to help uh, your daily life. So go check them out. The website is hempjoy.com. Again, that is H-E-M-P-J-O-I.com. And let them know we sent you. To all things music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the All Things Music Podcast. My name is Ryan. Ian will be joining us in the actual interview of this episode. It's been way too long, and we did not mean it for it to be this long. Unfortunately, uh, our last interview, our last guest was on August 13th. It was uh, Nate Ashley from uh, Kublai Khan, which was awesome. Nolan Ashley, I'm sorry. Which was awesome. We had a great time, and we thought, okay, here we go. Everything's opening back up. Here comes live music. Here comes, whether it is COVID, passports, what have you, we were all set for all of that, and we were ready to go. And unfortunately, you know, to no fault of their own, not every band is ready to go as fast as every fan or press or media outlet is ready to go. Uh, and we learned that the hard way, and we uh, we uh, adjusted our expectations accordingly. Unfortunately, there's uh, some bands that don't want to do um, in-person uh, podcasting right now still with the Delta variant out, and we completely understand that. Uh, and we, we know that taking any kind of risk with a face-to-face interaction could put any tour or any show in jeopardy. So I uh, want to be very clear, we understand that. However, we are very disappointed that that's been the case for a lot of groups that we've talked to that we haven't had on, and we had a huge extensive schedule that we, we were ready to go and haven't really been able to land uh, any of those. 
Also, we have not had any media access during festival season, and that is due to the exact same reason. Artists just were not comfortable, especially in a festival environment, having a one-on-one exposure with, you know, close exposure with media contacts. So no media booths were open during festival season. Usually we, we land at least 10, 20, 30, you know, guests during that kind of access, and we just didn't have that access this year. Fingers crossed, 2022 is a completely different animal. We will be able to... Uh, get back on the horse and, and do what we were doing in 2019, which we our podcast grew to exponential uh, outlets, platforms, and, and fans and, and the like. So we, we really hope that 2022 is much more like 2019 than it was uh, these last couple of years. With that being said, we have a great guest today on the podcast, Left to Suffer. These guys are essentially the preeminent name in deathcore along the lines of you know Lorna Shore, Signs of the Swarm. Um, uh, you know all, all these all these different bands that are coming up in the deathcore scene currently. That uh, Shadow of Intent that was on the tip of my tongue, and I just completely flubbed it. But whatever. Uh, that the, those type of bands left to suffer is right up there with them. They came out with an EP called On Death during the pandemic, and it was exceptional. It hit so many Spotify charts. It hit all kinds of aggregated playlists. They have tons of listeners. Let me tell you right now while I'll just pull it up instead of just bullshitting here and let you know how many listeners on Spotify they actually have because that is that is a important thing to today, you know, to really uh, comprehend how big an artist is. They currently have 131,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, so these guys are no slouch. Uh, their biggest song of their EP has 1.5 million plays. So big band, we were really excited to have them on, uh, really cool guys. And before I play that interview, I do want to go over some things that we have not really touched on since our podcast in August. For one, we still went to these festivals, and I want to cover exactly what we were able to enjoy on these festivals because they were a blast as usual. They were really a lot of fun, Um, and I want to go through and and let you know how they were. So first off, let's talk about Incarceration Festival, which was... Uh, September 10th through 12th uh, this this year, and it was my first, actually Ian as well, it was our first incarceration festival we ever went to. They've been throwing it now. As you know, if you listen to our episode with Dan Jansen, who is the owner of Incarceration Festival, uh, they've been having the festival for five, six, seven years, something like that. But this was the first year that they partnered with Danny Wimmer Presents uh, to throw the festival. So I went in cold. I kind of didn't have any expectations other than knowing what DWP is capable of and, and, and knowing how well they throw events. Uh, went in and, and kind of had those expectations, but besides that, didn't really know what to expect. It is at the Mansfield Reformatory, which is that uh, Shawshank Redemption prison for those that are not from the area that are listening that are like, oh, what is that? That's the prison. They've had that. Godsmack's had videos there. Uh, Lil Wayne's had music videos there. Miss May I. There's a couple of bands that have done music videos there. But uh, it's mainly known for the Hollywood-esque you know, kind of uh, uh, allure. So it was really cool to have a music festival there, especially a metal festival, because that kind of goes hand in hand. We went for the first two days, Friday and Saturday. And I will say, um, especially comparing to other DWP festivals, First of all, Sonic Temple will always be number one to me. It's just kind of, they call it the World Series of Rock or whatever, Super Bowl of Rock for a reason, especially in a, in a stadium setting. But Incarceration's 1A, honestly. It was really well done. Uh, everything was really smooth, going from box office, well, parking box office, going in. People were really good. The vibe was excellent. I don't know what it is about 
I don't I don't know if it's a Northeast Ohio thing with with the fans, um, but I got a, a much different vibe at incarceration than I have at other music festivals that I've attended. So I was really happy about that. Everybody was so friendly, so cordial. So I think I I think part of it, to be honest, was the fact that it was the first metal festival since the pandemic and people were just happy to be there and appreciative and just excited to be around you know our metal family so we were really happy that everybody had that same mindset that we did um as far as the bands go well first of all we had vip which was great thank you dan jansen for the hookup uh and it was a very smooth experience i loved having the bars inside there's uh really friendly bartenders really good food uh, the only thing that I hated, which is really not a, a controllable thing from anybody who throws the festival, was there was bees everywhere. So many bees. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because there's a lot of hives on the grounds or whatever. And they were friendly. They didn't, I didn't get stung or, any, stung or anything like that. But uh, a lot of bees. And that was the only, literally the only uh, negative I can say about incarceration. But let's talk about the bands. Uh, first of all, we'll start from the top. Slipknot was, you know, Okay, for those that don't listen to this podcast or don't listen often, Slipknot is my number one band. Like, they are bucket list, bucket list, bucket list, and I've seen them a couple of times now, and they just don't disappoint, and it was uh, exceptional, to say the least. Second second show with uh, Corey Taylor's new mask, and that was a really cool thing to uh, witness for the first time. Uh, some other notable ones, listen, Macedon's just not really my vibe, but still a cool band. Uh, Kill Switch Engage, I've seen so many times. Uh, Ice Nine Kills, who are becoming extremely popular. Uh, they just released Silver Scream 2, their album that is charted on Billboard, and it's fantastic in like every way. Really hoping to have Pat Gallant on the podcast, a friend of mine who is the drummer of Ice Nine Kills, and hoping to have that set up at some point here in the future. Uh, you know, we uh, Escape the Fate, we've we had on the podcast before. They're excellent. Currents was one of the tightest metalcore bands I've seen live and if you know me you know I see a lot of metalcore live so I can say confidently that Currents was was fantastic live their production value their practice everything was as top notch as it gets uh Spite was how do you open the festival with Spite I asked Dan that I was like man you take the heaviest band all weekend and you put them at the opening slot on main stage but you know what it was cool because it set the tone it was like all right, here we go. We got we got some brutal death core to start the day, and it got my got my blood flowing, got me amped up, and and hell yeah, spite sick. So that was day one, really sick. Day two, Mudvayne was awesome. Uh, day to remember was as usual, pretty pretty solid. Uh, Chevelle, we love Chevelle. They were fantastic. Uh, As Alexander did not play, I guess they had an issue with their bus. That was kind of disappointing. August Burns Red was the highlight of my day for them. I've never seen them live, surprisingly, and. Like I said, Currents the day before was fantastic, but August Burns Red was like ridiculously good. Like the pit, the wall of death, there was, it seemed like a movie. There was dust everywhere. There was dudes throwing up all over the place, blood all over the place, but it was like dope. It was sick. Everybody was, was safe and all that, but it was like, it was like a movie. It was really cool to experience. Crown the Empire, I've never seen, no, I I have seen them live on Warp Tour, but I haven't seen them in a long time. And uh, they played some new music that I'm really fond of. Bad Omens, shout out Matt, tour manager for Bad Omens, a great guy. Uh, they were sick as hell, as always, and uh, we hope to eventually have them on the show. If For those that don't know, they were supposed to come on the podcast right before COVID hit, and then COVID hit, and we were at the show, and they were like, we're canceling the tour, and it sucked, and whatever. So uh, hopefully we have that plan of the new future. But that was incarceration. So cool. The site was awesome. In and out was awesome. People were awesome. Everything was great. I gave it an A plus. Incarceration, 
fantastic. Now let's go on to Louder in Life, and then we'll go on to the interview. Uh, if you want to skip through this, like, listen, I, I understand if you don't want to listen to, to me ramble on about these festivals, but I do think it is really good information because if you're going to a festival and you're wondering what kind of bands are going to be there and what they were like and what the festival was like and all that, this is definitely good pertinent information to listen to. So, Louder in Life was September 23rd, 26th, so we traveled down to Louisville, Kentucky for that. We stayed for three days, two and a half, just depends on you, how, you, how you look at it. We were, um, Ian was fine. I was coming down, I had RSV, I was not a fun uh, cold kind of thing. It was not COVID, but it was not uh, a great experience. So I was going in sick, and I tried to enjoy myself as much as I could while being on all of these meds and whatever and no sleep, but I still had a good time. Uh, if we look at Thursday, corn, corn always sick. All right, stained. Listen, I I'm I, I'm so conflicted because stained is really good live musically only, but Aaron Lewis is just just stop with the politics, man. Like seriously, I understand, especially in Louisville, especially down south, quote unquote, and people think that's blasphemous, but you you got to pander a little bit, but just leave the politics out of it. There's no reason to wear an impeach Biden hat, no matter how you feel about him or what, whatever shirt you have to wear or whatever, starting a fuck Biden chain. It makes people uncomfortable. Whether you are into it or not, it makes people uncomfortable and just don't do it anymore, man. Like I, I, I'll be way more down to see Stain in the future if they just stop with the political stuff. That's all I'm going to say about that. Cypress Hill, dude, Probably top three of the weekend. They, like, I didn't know what to expect. Never seen old school hip-hop live before. They had Public Enemies DJ there, which was so cool. Um, and it was just, like, sick vibes. You, you could tell people were lighting up and having a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, going back to the early 90s. That was sick. Beartooth always brings the energy. Uh, Knocked Loose, who we I just saw last weekend locally. I saw them at Louder Life. I've seen them so many times, and every time they don't disappoint, the crowd is just... Freaking awesome. And the weather, I will say, the weather for Latin Life is always tricky. It's usually either in the high 90s or or low 60s, but it was perfect. It was like 70, 75, and it was like perfect festival weather because people weren't getting too hot. And you could tell from the crowd they had more energy than in previous years. Wage War, super sick. Shout out Cody Costad. has been on the podcast before. Memphis Mayfire, I've never seen them live, and they I had a couple songs that I like that they've come out with that were really, really cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was day one, day two, Metallica, dude, do I need to say anything about Metallica? Freaking big four band, you don't have to say anything about them, they were solid, even today, fucking 30, 40 years later, I don't even know how long later, they are killing it, murdering it, it's exceptional. Uh, Jane's Addiction was pretty good, Gojira, who I also just saw last weekend, uh, saw them at Louder in Life, and they had a little bit of rust, because that was their first show back from COVID, and they... Obviously, they've been practicing together and stuff, but you could tell they had rust and they had to cut their set, I think, a song or two short just because they were working on that rust. So I'm really glad I got to see them this weekend, but it was still cool to see them at the festival. Kill Switch Engage, another solid one. Star Set, okay. Star Set is a top three band for me, Slipknot. Star Set and Breaking Benjamin are my top three bands. And Star Set always kills it. Although I will say I'm not a huge fan of seeing them on the festival circuit, not because they don't do well, but because their set needs like dark it needs really cool lighting and really cool like other things and it's hard to do that during the day at a festival so i like seeing them on a festival i will always see them no matter where they're playing but i prefer them in a club avatar really cool really sick seen them before at rock on the range they uh just weird dudes really cool uh music but weird dudes uh, and Fever 333, man, dude, these guys, especially Jason Butler, the vocalist, he is one of the most energetic people out there. He just cl- he climbed this, I don't know, 100 foot, that's uh, probably not accurate, even, it's probably higher than that, uh, camera bay, 
at the end, and he, we were like, where the hell is the vocalist? So we turn around, and he's sitting there hanging off the camera. Like he, he does that for all his live shows. He just brings energy every time, and I don't know how you do it, man. You must be in really good shape because there's no way in hell I'd be able to pull that kind of thing off. Uh, two other notes. The Violent, this is my boy, uh, Mike Prodich, who is a family friend of ours. He was in Red Sun Rising. Now he's in a band called The Violent, and they were really good. I was surprised. You know, it was just a three-piece, so you never know what to expect, and it was just good vibes. They played on the third stage. That was sick. And I was really disappointed that Tala wasn't there. I really wanted to see them, but I understand they had some issues with COVID. I know they are coming back locally on a tour package with uh, all that remains, I believe. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the near future. One more day, and we're getting back to the interview. So uh, final day, Disturbed. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'm not a huge Disturbed fan. I don't really have much to say about that. It's all good. Machine Gun Kelly, we all know what happened with the controversy. I will leave that to the internet, but, uh, you know, I've seen Machine Gun Kelly since he was playing 100 cap venues in 2010, and I've kind of been on his side for the most part, but lately, you know, dude, just just shh and play. Like, you know, I'm not saying shut up and play like that, but, like, stick to your lane, man. There's no reason to get all... Whatever. I'm not going to bring up that controversy. Machine Gun Kelly's new music, I love, so whatever. Volbeat, one of my favorites. Uh, it's funny because, for those that don't know, I do not like that butt rock genre. It's just not for me, but Volbeat falls into that genre, and they are sick. I love Volbeat. Kill it every time. Uh, who else did we see? Uh, Atreyu. Uh, Code Orange, who I love because it's that beat-down hardcore. Although the new stuff is more like new metal, metalcore, hardcore kind of thing. Either way, it's brutal music, and I love it. So sick. Uh, Ice Nine Kills again. Killed it. And... We are at my favorite set, last but not least, favorite set of the weekend, Spirit Box. It was their second show ever, right? And I've been following Spirit Box for a while. I really hope to get Courtney on the podcast in February when they come to town. But um, for their second show ever, and I understand they're very experienced musicians, but it's still a band's second show ever. They were so tight. She's so charismatic on stage. The energy was there. Every song sounded way better than it did on CD, which is saying something because they sound amazing on record. But they said we were so good live. 10 out of 10. I was just in in awe. As sick as I was and as as hopped up on cold medicine and all that stuff that I was, it, it just all went away for a half hour. It was perfect, perfect, perfect in every way. So that was Louder in Life. The grounds are great. Uh, going in and out was fantastic. Traffic wasn't so bad, which was, which was excellent. Just, again, really bummed that we didn't have media access for either Incarceration Louder in Life. Hopefully that changes to 2022, and I'm really looking forward to uh, being a full-fledged Danny Wimmer Presents media partner again. So thank you for listening to that. If you did, if you didn't, I'm sorry, but we are going to hit the interview now. I want to introduce Left to Suffer on the All Things Music Podcast. Let's go. All right, what is up, man? We are here with uh, Left to Suffer. You guys are in the thick of the tour, right? Facts, like we're almost halfway through. Yeah, I think tomorrow makes the actual middle date. So, middle date, yeah. wow, okay. 16 to 32. 16 to 32, okay, yep. very cool. So, uh... How's it been going so far? Any kind of snafus? Everything's pretty smooth. I know you've been on the on the road even before this leg. So yeah, we were uh, we went out with Lorna Shore beforehand, so we got like a little taste of freedom again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been amazing. Every everyone on the package is awesome to be around. So there's been absolutely no negative vibes or anything bad happening besides you know Mouth for Wars trailer getting messed up twice. Oh no! It'll be alright. They're good. They worked through it and that's good. 
Balling. I've actually had a little bit of technical difficulties during this run. I've had my wireless like cut in and out a couple times. I'm not sure if it's crossing signals with somebody else's or just all user error. I'm not sure. But uh, wow. a couple of nights I've had some wireless issues. But aside from that, everything else has been amazing as far as the tour package itself, the general crowd response, everything's been incredible. Sick. And that's it's something that like... You know, being in a band, I, I just left a band that I was in in July, but something really stressful about being in a, a band that's, I guess, something that's more modern is like backing tracks, monitors, all those kinds of things, and like you worrying about all these parts that you can or cannot control because technology is fickle. And we saw uh, Gojira and Knock Loose yesterday, and yeah. Gojira had an issue after one song. So oh, it's wow. like, it's not exclusive to like local bands. It's not exclusive to like small big tours. It's like the big boys have issues. That makes it's, me feel a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think there was actually uh, the Hartford date. Uh, <laughs> we were trying to run our backtracks and get them all going through the PA. And the first thing that started coming out was click. And mm -hmm. Alex started freaking out. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what's different? <laughs> it was one tiny button. <laughs> yeah. So who who does who is the uh, primary go to with when it comes to technical things in the band as far as it just depends on what it is because yeah. like if I'm having like mic problems I can handle it myself if they're having guitar problems it's usually him and Peter can like come to a solution pretty quick that's good and then for yeah I was about to say because even with him he plays guitar too so it's right. like pretty easy for Christian to get in yeah, there the, and the, bass, the whole bass rig setup and guitar rig setups are they're not really too different okay like as far as like how it works right and then for the backtracks fucking alex does all that stuff so now the one thing that i've that i've experienced firsthand that is you really have to especially when you're on tour but any show is like don't panic because that just makes things so much worse and you get that that cascading anxiety it's oh, like yeah. oh god oh god and you're worried about the fans you know a lot of that back in the day hell yeah <laughs> and it's it's all about working through the kinks but like you you worry about like oh my god are the fans like think we're like amateurs or whatever but right. at the end of the day i would say most fans understand like yeah. you know it's it's not like it used to be where it just was guitars plugged in and, and bass and, and vocals and it was easy and especially yeah and with <laughs> you guys and something that really like turned me on to your guys's music uh was a lot of the use of electronics and not just like electronics that you hear with other bands because it's you're not the first band to use electronics right. that's been done for a long time but the type of electronics that you guys have used and i don't know if that's something that your producer has done or that you have you know consciously done but like a lot of uh almost like hard style which like edm yeah. genres and, and all that uh, different stuff was that something that you consciously did or that you wanted to do or is so that a producer it was kind of you know i mean we're we've always been like interested in dabbling into like different you know areas of doing you know like making music and just making it more interesting and stuff but a lot of that came on the back of like we work with josh travis from a mirror on okay. like production and stuff and his you know very chaotic nature of <laughs> making music mm. is kind of what like implemented that more so into our music without like us really like going for it fully he kind of just introduced it to us and we were like wow that's really fucking sick yeah there's definitely plenty of times where we have like ideas of like noises or something happening in the background even like going way back 
to um, just for now when we were recording that, you know, there was like this like weird siren going in the background in like a third of the song. And that was just, you know, not something we want a guitar. We just wanted some form of noise. And we do have ideas like that. But yeah, when Josh started working with us and we started working with him, he just started bringing new elements and stuff to it. Or like even in uh, Anger, there's this like scratch board sound that to me, yeah, it almost sounds like someone sneakers like making a squeaky noise yeah, yeah. and dubbed over with something else. It's just wild. It sounds yeah. weird. Yeah, you hear that a lot in like the hard style subgenre in EDM. And that's why I brought that up because that is a very like common sound in that. But yeah. I that's the first time I ever heard it in any kind of modern Honestly, metal. Same. Yeah. Like, well, it's yeah, just cool because it. it there. But that's awesome because it like makes you that next level, that kind of like that band that stands out, that differentiates themselves from other bands. That it, it reminds me of when I first stumbled upon your Twitter profile and I saw like new deathcore, and yeah. I'm like, and this is probably two, three years ago, around when like Siler and Tala and like all these Thornhill, Northlane, all those bands were doing that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was new metalcore. And I'm like, what the fuck is new, new deathcore? Metal. Like, what the hell does that sound like? And I listened and I'm like, and I think I, I it was right, God, it, it was probably right before your EP dropped. And I listened and I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, this, yeah, this yeah. is new deathcore. <laughs> like, I, I hope this is not, I hope you guys are trendsetters because this is like a cool, it's cool twist. Yeah, I, really, I think that's why we've we've gotten so much like success between like it's like the like the weird aspects that we all write in mix with josh and then mix with like our management team and everything is just like created this like perfect storm you know what i mean for a band which is like really cool in my opinion <coughs> to uh you know just brand ourselves as for sure it's not as like cliche as everything else yeah, yeah it's kind of like the same things that have been done before in a way that hasn't been done before yeah. so it works <laughs> so it's like it feels vaguely familiar and new at the same time it's accessible but also unique yeah yeah right exactly right exactly so before i go on on the next tangent i do want to know when it comes to like adding samples or sounds or some kind of electronics in your music when you guys are writing do you have that in mind when writing or is that more of a post-production let's a see po if it fits yeah, it's a post-production thing because like we'll write riffs and like be all together and they'll you know we'll just be collaboratively writing music or whatever and they'll write a riff and then we'll put drums over and it's like oh well that would sound cool with you know x y and z or like I, like we said before like we'll send it to josh mm -hmm. and then he'll send it back and it's like whoa we didn't even think about that you <laughs> know what i mean so it's a it's a mixture of of a lot of things you know okay i mean there's even some unreleased stuff where like you know, messing around with some MIDI instruments and trying some new stuff. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That sounds cool if I put a fat-ass riff over it, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a hard thing to balance, too, because you don't want to overdo it and be, like, like too many electronics, and then right. it overshadows the yeah. music itself. And exactly. there's a couple of bands that I've heard that I won't mention that are kind of leaning in that direction lately, and it's kind of disappointing because it's, yeah. it's, it's supposed to be a compliment to the music, not the music itself. itself right. right. Not over-encompassing. Right. Yeah. Use of electronics is just to enhance like everything else we have going on, just to add like the cool effects and just like I guess like add another twist to like what you would do with just like all the main instruments. And yeah, absolutely, and, and it's almost one of those things too where you have to think about it. And it's not like this would ever happen, but this is how I always have approached it. If for some reason I played a show and all the backing tracks went out and they just couldn't be recovered yeah. could i still play the show and be okay and right. like if if the answer is yes you're doing okay if the answer is no then you're probably adding too many electronics to to the, yeah. To the song yeah. yeah i mean it would 
it would still feel like it's missing something regardless, sure. like those bass drops, those small little transitions and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm in that same boat. If you can't, like, if you're absolutely debilitated without it, it's a complete impossibility, then you're probably relying a little too heavy on it. Right, right. So, first of all, congratulations on DNR already getting to 100,000 plays on Spotify Crazy. as of today. It's yeah, so cool. Absolutely insane. Yes. So, with the the features you had on there, which is really unique, and I love the video because it like the cartoons of, of you, Will, yeah. and uh, I, I'm sorry, yeah, Ricky, yeah. and and like as I, I have a YouTube reaction channel, and I did a reaction to that, and it was like, you, it's more about knowing. It's not like you can't differentiate the vocals, but yeah. really having that that sense as a consumer like, of here's yeah. The, yeah, and you're like, okay, this is fucking. A lot of people can't decipher it. You know what I mean? That's right. Like, you know, unless you like listen to heavy music all the time, mm -hmm. and that was like the point of using the video. It was like we really want to like separate each vocalist away from each other to like have their moment to shine and mm -hmm. like where they know where people are like, oh, okay, that's where Will and that's where Ricky is. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we kind of ran into that problem a little bit with like Burden and the song Blissful Death as people were just a little confused exactly when the feature started, exactly when it ended, you know, to us as someone who knows Taylor's vocals so well and, you know, knows those other artists' vocals pretty intimately as well, you know, it's night and day, but for the mm -hmm. common consumer who, or even a new consumer, they have no clue. So yeah, that the visual aid was definitely something that was needed. And was that something that was, uh, I guess, acquired as far as the features go before you decided to go on tour, before you were asked to go on tour with Lorna Shore, and that kind of led to the tour uh, invite? So or? we had, Ricky was the only one on the track for a minute. Okay. And then we went on the road with Lorna Shore, and we became really good friends with those guys, and like, you know, we all hit it off with Will really well, and that's right. like one of our best friends now, you know, and... It was just kind of like I was talking with him one day, and then he, I was I was just like, "Yo, you should like hop on a left to suffer track," and he was just like, "Run it!" And then I was like, "Okay," sent him, yeah, and I sent him, <laughs> I sent him like a couple songs, and then I and then our manager was like, "Well, what if we just put him on DNR as well?" And we were like, "Fuck yeah, okay, like whatever." So I like I sent it to him, and he was like, "Yeah, cool, run it." So then he then Will popped on the song, and then it became like a whole thing. We were like, oh, "Okay, now we have two unreal vocalists on a song." And uh, then, you know, we had to get the visual to follow up with it. To, and from know. a marketing standpoint, that's a really cool concept because when somebody thinks of a feature, they think of one person. It's right. very rarely that it's two. And the fact that both guys are extremely relevant right now, yeah. and it's like, you know, everybody knows the Lorna Shore hype that's been going on. And of Sulphur, the last thing I saw, and I'm sure they've released more since, but that song they did with Tim Lambesis oh, yeah. was like, they called it Gym Core because those yeah. dudes are all just jacked. They're, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a really, really cool thing. So, like, when you combine those two with you guys who have just been riding this wave of this EP, which yeah. is fantastic, you have a lot of these curators or aggregators or scene Twitter, whatever yeah. it is, that are like, holy shit, this is about to come yeah. out, you know? And it's, and, and it's crazy because, like, we, like, released it and it's, like, a hundred reactions to it now because everyone's like has to know like oh, what yeah. what we all sound like on the same track and it's cool like I, I, it's like a it was like a little bomb to put out there for the for like you know we're on tour now and so it's like you know we drop a little little rock in the pond and just like let it yeah. you know, dissipate and I love the uh, the subtitle demon sounds or demon noises that was an accident really so, yeah so whenever we were making the video the guy was like so it, it wasn't they didn't have the lyrics at the bottom at first it was just them like moving faces or whatever <laughs> and then we were like well let's add the the lyrics in it too and right. like do the little like snake popping along like a sing-along yeah yeah yeah. and then uh 
I like put out, he was like, okay, send me the lyrics. And I, I was like, this is, he sent me it back. And he was like, what does he say? Right <laughs> and I was like, demon noises, like and demon noise or whatever. Like, and I texted it back to him and then he was like, okay. And they, they sent me the new version back and it said demon noise. That's fucking like, like an awesome, like, happy accent. Awesome, yeah. 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 That's really, so really dope. Keep it. And the most hilarious thing that most people are stoked on about the yeah. whole song. Like, yeah. It's the most notable comment I think we've seen on every reaction. <laughs> I think we're going to do merch that literally just says demon noise you, on it. I yeah. think that's a <laughs> fucking fantastic idea and roll with it yeah. and do that so I can buy a shirt. But Team, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to copyright that. Nobody can seal it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. What up, what up? So um, let's talk about the EP for a second. Cool. I, love, I love concepts. I love themes. I love when bands don't just do the usual. Right. And the really neat part about the EP for me is the fact that it goes through all the stages of grief. Yeah. And the first song, Event, which I am assuming is the event that the causes yeah. yeah, the stages of grief. Was that something you've always had in mind to do? Or is that just something that kind of manifested itself? So I have had that idea for like to do a concept like EP like that for years that I, and I've tried. I've pitched it to like three different bands before mm -hmm. I was with these guys. And right. they finally... These guys were like, yeah, that's not a dumb idea, finally. I got, I got shot down three times. <laughs> I remember it was like after work or something when we were talking about the idea, and I was like, oh, yeah, and like each one kind of like symbolizes like the emotions and like what you're running through, and they kind of run into each other, and you're like, yeah, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little, because I've been wanting to write about the grieving process, because like, you know, I, I'm not going to talk about it. I had like something really bad happened to me a long sure. time ago, and I've wanted to like kind of vent that, like those feelings that I went through after that like really traumatic incident or whatever. And, you know, it finally, like, came to fruition with all of them, you know, because everybody in the band is dope, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. We're all, like, everyone has, like, open ideas, and it's an open platform at all periods, mm -hmm. which is, like, why I feel like Left to Suffer is special, because it's, like, there's no one person that does everything. We all just kind of, like, are collaboratively writing and coming up with ideas, like, in, like, this really fluid, like, you know, yeah, yeah. and stuff, which is sick, and that's why, you know, On Death was born so, like, naturally from that, and, you know, they you know, wrote, they write awesome music, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell the listeners right now, we hung out for about a half hour behind uh, in the green room before we started doing the recording, and you guys have a lot of, like, really good camaraderie that I've seen. I manage musicians for a living, so I mm -hmm. see the toxic, I see yeah. the good, and you guys, it's, there's a lot of positive affirmations, yeah. a lot of jokes, a lot of fun, yeah. and, like, maintain that because it's like super important when it yeah, comes we're brothers, to brothers man yeah like, for real for real like it's not even like a front like some people put on the internet like these yeah. are like literally we're best friends you know just what I mean? like brothers you know we can be assholes to each other but sure. we love each other and we want the fucking best and we're all like there like you said that camaraderie our sense of purpose is in the same place so it's always just trying to get the you thing done. yeah i guess these guys are pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> i love y'all <laughs> should have never gave him the damn microphone uh, <laughs> So I want to ask you about the substance, because that's, like cool. you said, that's private. Yeah. But when it came to writing the EP as far as the lyrics, and you said when you had a traumatic incident, yeah. was it supernatural to write? Was it kind of hard to write because of whatever happened, or was it like a mixture? Uh, I think that I've had, so for like lyrically and stuff, I, I, I've just been sitting on it for so long that I feel like whenever I got to start putting it on, you know, mm -hmm. on recording and like paper and stuff, it was kind of pretty easy for me because i've you know i've dealt with it for a minute now i'm not like crying about it every five sure. seconds but like you know yeah whenever like it was cathartic for me really like that ep is forever gonna hold a really special place like in where i am as like a musician for like like lyrics and stuff wise you know what i mean because 
that is all very real, like stuff that I've felt and that I like. People, I'm pretty sure that everybody in the band can like relate to it, you know? Oh yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, like it was a very, it was, it was a cool process because we recorded it ourselves. So like at my house, like I was, or at my old house, I was living with my my buddy Chris or whatever, and he had a studio, and I would just go out there by myself to like write lyrics and stuff and like track by myself, and it was just like I was kind of like dealing with things myself so mm-hmm. it was like really therapeutic for me to yeah that, that yeah. sounds like it yeah it was like to add, uh, also add on to it too where it's like everybody was like very stoked initially on this idea too and we actually started working on the writing process as early as like the few weeks before covid even happened and funny thing is like as we started like writing all these demos like where initially we we're gonna be like the tracks for it ended up not even getting used we kept rewriting and rewriting and the, pretty sure taylor you also revised a lot of lyrics over time and basically it's just put a lot of work into it until it got to the point where like yeah this is sick yeah do you have anything you want to add or are you just <laughs> hanging at the moment oh, i'm just hanging but uh it's been a long time since i've been in a band and usually when i do my producing i i write uh edm and electronic sick. music and like yeah. produce yeah. rap beats and stuff That's on the side and uh it's one thing you know when you really sit down by yourself to write and basically it's stemming from your entire brain but then a lot of times i feel like when you're writing alone you get stuck and you end up writing really linear stuff, so it's really cool that you guys have the relationships with each other that you have to be able to come together and create something very complex. So we push each other. It's like it's like yeah. it's, a, it's a very push and pull situation when we write. Like we'll be like, oh yeah, we could do better than that. Oh yeah, we can do better than that. And it's like we're just passing it back and forth, so mm-hmm. it never goes stale, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone also wants to be heard and have their input. No one wants to feel like someone is being cast out or unheard or not having their. Uh, expression put out there you know right like we could sit there and have a riff and then pass the guitar around and be like okay well what if we kind of did it a little bit like this well what if like from that like this what if from that like this you know and then end up becoming what it is on the track after everybody sat there and messed with it for a while especially when you have you know like if you all played guitar where there might be some players that have a really good idea but they might not as play as well you know, I like, mouth like every idea that I have, like out. I'm like, yo, just like bam, bam, bam. I, I play drums. That literally is Christian. Christian is a guitar player from start. I mean, he has some of the most like crazy, insightful ideas I've ever heard. Like, pretty much like all of No Hope, like all of Event were like random. Yeah, I yeah, random ideas from him that we just had to tweak and make it work to how we could actually play it. <laughs> That's like funny because like. At least, like, when it comes to, like, me with, like, the few songs where I've had, like, the, where I kind of, like, started off the initial skeleton, I would just, like, come up with the most, like, absurd ideas that would either, like, stem from, like, showering. Yeah, just, like, I get like, it oh, so many ideas. Cool idea. I remember, it was, like, one day. <laughs> the funny thing is the song Death, though. Like, it was one day I came over to uh, Taylor's and we're just like, all right, going to write a new song today. Had no idea what we're going to do. I was like, <laughs> all right, pull a brand number generator. This is the tempo. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, it was like, all right, we're going to roll a die, too. It was like, whatever front number it is, this is what we're going to center it on. And then... Will you guys roll a dice for that? Or it was just for that one time. But, oh, uh, that, you, should do, you should do something like that more often. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that would be super sick. Like, but, it'd be yeah, the most yeah. randomized, but, like, probably super cool. But, like, cool. you know, like, 30 seconds into, like, not literally 30 seconds, but we had, like, the 30-second mark of, like, the song. And I was like, okay, this is actually a really sick idea. <laughs> yeah. Just start off from something goofy that, like... I wasn't even expecting it to come into fruition. Right, for sure. Um, the one thing that I noticed about being in a band, being in multiple bands, and it's different for every band, but if if Jacob, for example, wanted to write a song about something that was near and dear to his heart, 
is was that is that something in the band that you're absolutely okay absolutely. with vocalizing even if you don't specifically relate? Yeah, I mean, well, I would, I would if the, if he had something that he like. That's what I'm saying. So like, it's all all, all very different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if we if he wanted to like we wrote wasted yeah, about so. something that you know that he dealt with. Okay, you know what I mean. But they're okay though. But uh, yeah, I was just like just going through like the, thinking about like when that happened, and then when that whole event happened, it was just kind of like transpired into thinking about like okay, well, we could write a song about something like this, you know? Sure. So it's like like when it comes to, like lyrics, we kind of just like collectively pull like different ideas of like what people would go through. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> for, for, for the listeners, we we are sitting in a in a very interesting uh, way right now, and, and we're having to pass the mic. And I'll, I'll try to edit as much as I can in post pro, but yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, like for the song just for now, I remember me and Taylor were actually working together at like Mellow Mushroom, and I said something like, "I may be a piece of shit, but at least I fucking know it." And he was like, "That's actually kind of hard." And then, <laughs> yeah. Like, I and then we ended Get up out the notepad. written into like mm-hmm. what just for now lyrics are. Like and it's just funny, you know. Like there are a lot of things like that where it doesn't just stem from that, but like small little interjections or what other people are vibing to. Sure. I mean, even Pete's he's on one of the songs in uh Lost at Last. He did the I know you wish it you could write. Nice. Right? No, I love when did, they No, he did the uh the other one that fucking yeah. my grave's been dug. That yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens though. When like people, well, you guys are so comfortable with each other that you, if if somebody wants to go in the focal booth for a second and do like a, a one liner or do gang chants or whatever the hell it is, like you know, you guys really like that, Mike? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's We're both line. gonna talk through it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, we're no. Hey, man, that's awesome. Just, you know, more ideas we can throw in that are sick. The merrier. Yeah, yeah close. This is getting really intimate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, like so you guys have been in. How how long has it been since Left to Suffer has been a band? Left to Suffer has been a band for what two and a half years now. Our, no, it's um. Well, Left to Suffer. Left to Suffer. As we know it is. Yes, as we know it. Twenty nineteen. March 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so much longer. <laughs> so well. Oh my God. To that God. to that point though, it's it's not common. I can say this confidently. It's not common for a band to be around two and a half years and have the equity, so to speak, that you guys do. Yeah. So when and I think that. Yeah, the G-Wagons. Yeah, the Lambos and the G-Wagons, the goals. That's what did it. But, uh, but for real, like, like everybody, you know, in a band is like, I'm going to get there. You try to manifest it. You try to do what you can to do it. But when did it hit you that, and I think I know the answer to this, but when did it hit you that it was more like, okay, we're in this band, but now, like, we have some, you know, some equity, some leverage some I, in the scene. I genuinely feel like I still haven't felt it fully. Okay. Because I'm just like, I mean, everything's so fresh and new to us. Like, this is all like, be, I mean, dude, like, we, we, we got way bigger over the pandemic with no shows. Like, we don't see, we, ha- we haven't got to see anything in person, right? And so we get on this tour, and there's people coming out every night who are screaming our lyrics, right? And, like, at this, like, you know, the F your God and his only son. I don't know if you guys are Chris, sorry, but... <laughs> Um, no, no, no. <laughs> anything, I know it offends some people, so I have to kind of like tread lightly. Pretty sometimes. much anything goes on. Right, here. yeah, it is what it is. So, <laughs> and so, like, you know, you know, we're playing this song live, and there's like, you know, 50 to 100 people to 200 people who are screaming this part live. It's just like 
mind blowing every time. And so like the, it, it's like that feeling of like, wow, like we're really doing something comes in waves. It's like if we get like these little like goals and like, you know, we're hitting these marks and we're like, whoa, you know, a hundred thousand streams in two weeks. That's crazy. Right. And it's like, yeah, we're really doing something that feels good. But like, it's always, we, we're always, we're also driven that we always want more in like a non, like we, we appreciate what we've done, but we're always like trying to evolve and do more and accomplish more. So everything feels like, which is what not you enough do. doesn't seem like the right word, but like, it's just like, you know, we're just always hungry trying to evolve, you know, you know, do as much as we can. That's what you should do as an artist. And especially when being an artist is your career. Yeah, well, I mean, that's you know, just right. So the second you become complacent, that's where you plateau, you know what I mean? That's just it. And that's mm. just like the mindset that we don't, we will never have. Right. Exactly. I always want to keep growing. And I think in like, as far as equity goes, like in a financial aspect, I think a huge part of it has been is that we don't see a lot of anything from it because we put all of our money back into this band, perpetually funding itself and furthering well, we our next soups on this tour anymore. Yeah, you know, so no, no, Robin. metalcore money. We're actually out here making money finally. <laughs> We actually did bring some soups along with this tour that have been sitting in in a bin for like three months. <laughs> last night, we just dumped them on the side of the road. Dumped them because we're making guap now. <laughs> <laughs> we're not like out here eating like at five-star restaurants, spending dropping like 200 bucks on steaks and stuff like that, even though like one day we will. But like long Maybe morning. later in the tour we might, but... but but like you know, at least like we get to go out to eat like wherever. It's just like okay, we don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. So speaking about travel, I guess I, I saw you guys are the ones with that like short bus type deal out there, right? Oh, that's, that, that's boundaries. Oh. Are you is your guys that brand new white like uh, Express? Yeah. How's that living? I always we always try to ask oh, it's people. Been, that that van has just been crushing it for us. Like, so shut up, Bessie. Yo, Bessie for doing the damn. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she got We've a name. Just heard so many, so many stories <laughs> about people being in the middle of the tour, having something go wrong. I mean, even like the Mouth for War guys on tour right now, their mm -hmm. uh, their axle has messed up twice. Now and that's on, on their that was on their yeah, trailer each spring, and it's just like you know we're very we had to try to be proactive about that and try to prevent it, and. For yeah. that, we were able to budget in being able to get a new trailer, you know, and that was uh, all part of us not taking those cash outs that often and keeping everything funded within itself and having smart people with uh, good intentions. <laughs> shout, out, shout out Jeff Manick. Yeah, the fucking man himself. And Ryan Tuck O'Leary. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, those guys have done a lot for us, too, just like setting it up, how we run stuff and just like where to know how – know where to allocate money and stuff like that because you know it's also another thing too is like we're not signed so it's like we pretty much keep everything or the bank is keep everything that you know we make so when we can save up money and just be able to drop money on stuff like a new trailer it's just it's and a new van it's just like it's easy yeah it's like we're not having to worry about it just, as long as the income keep coming in then necessities that help build the business too exactly yeah, not to mention the van too. Sleeping there, this tour has been pretty nice. So you guys say, I you guys aren't signed, but is there? Do you guys? What's the right words for this? Are you looking to be in the future, or are you going to keep depends. riding the wave? Uh, so, so we're making so much money to the point where like it doesn't, 
You know, no, I'm saying it may, we're making we're making an exorbitant amount of money to the point where it, it doesn't make sense to sign to a label unless they're going to give us an absorbent amount of money. And not in advance, like, like some mean, so re- like, real funding. You know, like we literally yeah. we have we have everything marked down. Well, our, our management help you know, does all of this for us, but everything marked down to the quarter what we're making to the to the to the penny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we know exactly what we're getting on these dates and how much money is coming in. So like any label is not going to be able to like do that because no no label is going to drop two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a band no. you know over a year because i mean that's kind of close to what we're making i'm not gonna throw an exact like number on like yeah. what we're doing because it's just not here nor there but they just labels aren't giving bands two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do an album that's just not, no. it's not how, it's not how it works most bands some right. get lucky and so, but, so there's yeah. no right until we get to a point where we're worth that exactly. you know what i mean in their eyes i call this and it's been done before so i'm not saying they're the first ones but i call this the spirit box model because yeah. i think they did this perfectly where they were able to garner so much fandom and brand equity and leverage and leverage is so important in yeah. the industry that they were building yeah and yeah. they finally had labels coming to them with multiple deals and competing for them, yep. and they were able to say, okay, now that we are wanted, we can pick the, the option that's best for us and go from there. That's literally I, what we're doing. I think most bands really need yeah. to go go in that direction. Well, it's just sad. Well, not sad. It's just like that's – it sucks because some bands don't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. They're always, like, chasing this, like, pipe dream of, like, I have to be signed. But it's like it's like I – we can all speak from personal experience. You don't have to be signed to – do good things. Twenty years ago, maybe, and 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 it's it's so it's so much different now because the the resources that are available to bands, whether it's online or otherwise through connections, are literally limitless. Yeah, but but in the '90s or early 2000s or whatever, you could not acquire those resources on your own. So, so, yes, so that's I why think a lot of people still feel that is because they look at it like, okay, twenty thousand dollars for a twelve record album. Yeah, it's a, yeah exactly. It's yeah. a gratification of just being able to get that money and it be there. You're like, all right, now this was worth it to me in those eyes. You know, and worth it to me with those eyes and looking at it like that. But um, if you can just hold out and invest, you really can see so much more from owning your own stuff and right. having the long term. I mean, we made over 20000 on a year of suffering in a year and a half. You know, if we had sold that for to a record deal for that, they would have had it for five to ten years, mm-hmm. and then we finally start seeing mm-hmm. something from it. But, but it's ours. You know, we did yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it, too, is bands want to just say, we're signed, because they think... And, it looks and good it's, on paper. Yeah, it looks good on paper. Yeah, it's not their fault necessarily. Oh well, you're on a label. That's a big thing. Exactly. People have been like, "We got to get left to suffer on this label," and we're like, well, "But when you're that's f- so, but that's so like consumer, like like that's just like the fans being like, oh, you need to be on a label.' Mm-hmm. It's like none of none of the people who really matter in the music industry are gonna gonna look at you any differently exactly. from not being on a label. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And that's what matters. How are your sales still looking? Right. You know, like well, how much are, how much are you grossing? You know what I mean? Like it's. I guess it's sort of, sort of like with the, on the fans' perspective, it's like a misconception where they think like you know being a label, which is just like you know, yeah, sure, it'd be cool to be like signed to like. I, I can't really think of a label off the top of my head. <laughs> Listen with other bands that like yeah, that, yeah, Rise Records, really Fearless, whoever, yeah, 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 yeah. Rise, yeah, like Samarian, like yeah. all they got so many sick bands on like each label. Mm-hmm. It'd be like it'd be awesome to be like 
grouped in with them, but it's just like right for right now, it's just not for us. Right. No, for sure. And it's it's something that you have to be careful too because you don't want to be forty, not in a band anymore, and then still owe a label a hundred thousand dollar advance. And if they can't garnish the royalties that don't exist, yep. they're gonna take you to court. Exactly. So a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of these bands, especially when labels were important, mm-hmm. these one hit wonders, they are broke. MC yeah. Hammer's broke for a reason. I don't know if oh, he's still yeah. broke. He's doing commercials, whatever. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it, a label has a lot of purposes. There's a lot of connections that you, it's hard to get without having labels. Syndicated radio is tough, right. et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, independent is kind of the way to go, especially in this genre. Especially this, yeah, this day and age in this genre, for sure. Well, and I feel like management plays a big part in that, too. And mm-hmm. yeah. Ryan's a manager, but I'll speak for him, that uh, – management really does have a lot of those connections and if you have good managers and they actually care about you and do the work for you that they should be doing they will provide those connections for you that a label otherwise would provide anyways oh yeah i mean our management team is awesome dude like like i said jeff manig and brian o'leary from fit for a king like they both co-manage us and i didn't know that yeah they are literally like the best they're always they're all like jeff and jeff's like main made the main hands-on guy jeff or uh Brian does like a lot of like the artist relations and stuff like mm. that for us, which is cool because I thought he got the, he got him hooked up with their sponsor by Ernie Ball now and Legator. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So so they're even getting you guys yeah. the sponsorships and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's so they're, really so they're like, helping us on like a whole bunch of like aspects. And Jeff really does like all of our day to day like like maps out what we're doing and like where our release dates are and like how what's coming up and you know talking to you know bigger you know like you know people for us who are who just like you know we can't really discuss things with that don't really know anything because but yeah jeff is uh jeff is dope and like our management is awesome we're on beacon now with with a uh, shadow of intent and oh wow. Brand of sacrifice and gloom in the corner and it's directly with jeff yeah but they, this is it's just under beacon management because it's like all like brad uh Z from Brand of Sacrifice and all these people who like are the same managers. umbrella of people, yeah. basically it's the all, same it's, ring. It's of just people. a management core now for like all of these bands, but we're still managed by Jeff and, mm. and Ryan. So where do you guys see yourselves going in the future? Here, it's kind Everywhere. of. I mean, it sounds like a job interview, but in I mean, way? after this tour, and uh, just in general, you know, with future music or. Uh, we're about to come back home, shoot a music video, release another song, which is going to be probably our weirdest song that we've ever released to, to date. Love it. As a YouTube I'm not, reactor, I'm not going to give out. Yeah, I'm not going to give out any uh, any spoilers, but it's the most different song we've ever put out. Yeah, I don't care. It's going to be sick. But uh, and then yeah, we have we're sitting on an EP right now, so that's we'll give that away. It's sick. We got one more show lined up at the end of the year, and then I guess at this point, going to the next year, it's going to be like. Still figuring out what the next like plans, like tours and. How 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 yeah, much in advance looks. do you get asked to go on a tour to when the tour it's actually months. begins? It just depends. It's like I'd say six to eight months. Yeah. Oh wow. So okay. So, Maybe okay. less. Just depends on how the tour gets put together. It's really just Fair like enough. it. It just depends. Fair enough. So Jacob, tell me about. Uh, so I want to specifically about Legator. Legator. Uh, I Leggies. what was that Nam? The last Nam that happened before COVID. And uh, went around and was checking out all the different guitar companies. I have an endorsement through uh, Solar Guitars, all oh, England's yeah. program. But um, the uh, Legator was really cool, and I liked a lot of the, the design specifically. Mm-hmm. And this is January 2020. And then when I went and talked to like fellow guitarists, they were like, oh, I don't know, because the build quality, yada, yada. But so many guitar companies, including Solar, had have, especially right now with supply chain and all that, 
all the bullshit going on there. Uh, it, it's been different. But then I talked to people recently, uh, a couple of friends of mine who have Legator, and they're like, no, that's a bunch of bullshit. Legator is like legit. Man, okay, so I've heard a lot of things about like the quality control from the earlier years. So they are a relatively new company in general. They've only been around since 2012. Okay. But I heard some quality control issues from their earlier years and their craftsmanship being a little spotty for what the pricing was. But... Peter bought his, and it's a model from, I think, like 2017 or so. Okay. And it's like the Ninja OD 300 series. And that thing is ridiculous. That thing is absolutely immaculate. Yeah. He took a chance on it, bought it, used off a of reverb. Okay. And I was like, bro, like, I have to have one. Like, bro, like, I need one. And um, he was in a financial place that he could help me uh, finance one and, like, go ahead and put it uh, down so that we could have them for the band and start making moves. And I've never had any issues with it, man. Like, I mean, it plays like a fucking dream. I think mine actually plays a little better than his, but <laughs> that's just user preference. You know, I'm biased, whatever. But no, I mean, I think it's fucking insane how well it plays, how well it stays in tune all in all, especially for just being like a $1,000 instrument. Sure. You know, I mean, I think that's pretty standard line when it comes to getting a professional quality. Yeah. Uh, instrument and especially it being extended scale. I mean, it's a fan fret eight strings. So eight string. Okay, I was going to ask you. Yeah, so those are pretty uncommon. So what's the uh, what's the low gauge on that? Uh, we actually just use the Ernie Ball Slinky strings, so they're ten through seventy fours. Yeah, seventy four on an eight. So I use yeah. a seventy four on a baritone six. Yeah, and I. But what's your scale length? Twenty seven. Uh, yeah, actually twenty seven, which is actually small for a baritone, but I can hold intonation down to F sharp. Anything lower than that gets a little muddy, but. Right, ours is at twenty eight. So, okay. I don't know. I okay, think yeah, a little bit more. Inch, you get that tension. I think that extra inch helps a lot. And what do you guys tune to normally? It is drop G for a seven string, okay. but then the low D, the low eighth string is a D. A D. Okay, yeah. I was I was confused. It was a D or an E. It's hard to sometimes right. differentiate no, it's so that. Low, it's just a brrr. Yeah. That's all it is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love listening to new metal bands and like like figuring out like okay what tuning are they at because it's especially with like extended range and low mm. guitars these days it is. A little bit more difficult than it used to be, where you could say, "Oh, that's E standard. Oh, that's C. Oh, that's B." That you might know. be an F, a Q. I'm not sure. Yeah, Q, Z. It's definitely I, double I, I, Z. I, I, upside <laughs> down seven. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, definitely. It's just so low that the ear is really hard to register that kind of those kind of notes. I mean, I think a C sharp is the lowest that like your brain even audibly recognizes or something like that and that's only a half step lower than we are maybe yeah. it's a whole octave and a half step lower than we are it's but the uh, brown sound right yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um it's yeah no it's really hard to differentiate we hear a lot of covers and yeah you are michael's handsome as hell check out mouth for war and smoke your weed with them <laughs> I'm looking at all of them. They're Apparently we are. Oh, shit. Wayne got the damn fresh cut. We are cat calling people right now. <laughs> no, we're just homie appreciating. <laughs> 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 fucking right, man. But, yeah, uh, the Legators for us have been fucking awesome. Like I said, I have heard those kind of stories from the past, uh, but I think it was when they were still in their budding uh, as a company you know sure. they were still trying to meet up to production with how many things they had going on and you know I'll, I'll even be transparent when we first got endorsed with them they were like all right so what guitar do you want and we're like well we want these and they're like that's great we're gonna send them out to you and we haven't been able to get them and that's not even like necessarily on their fault it's just all the shit going on with the customs and everything like that so, so it's been trapped in i like, got a story about that one ocean. yeah so i got a, a i have three solars uh, two of them came within a month, 
And the one that was stuck, I have the uh, at the gate spare tone signature model, oh, and yeah. uh, it was stuck in like Kentucky, and that's not too far from here. Right. And uh, so I'm going, I'm, I'm calling DHL because they use DHL because it's international, I guess it's whatever. And uh, I'm calling DHL, and they're like, uh, you need to talk to the uh, customs people. So I called the customs people, and they're like, you need to talk to the FDA. I'm like, this isn't like milk like, or, or cocaine. Like, I'm confused as hell. And they're like, well, when you, I guess when you uh, have anything with any kind of electronic emitter, like a, a pickup, that goes into like what is considered a microwave material and has to be inspected by the FDA. It's like part of wow. the, yeah. No so, clue. yeah. Yeah. So I called the FDA and I still got nowhere. But then I talked to my rep at Solar and I kind of was not, nice i mean i was like not mean but i was like okay this Pretty is ridiculous stern. it's been yeah. three freaking months yeah. and he's like let me take care of this the next day i look at the shipping uh the tracking number and everything and they're like oh it's on its way i'm like jesus <laughs> dude yeah. well see we we've got a nice compromise we were actually probably waiting for about three months for our guitars as well and they said that there's just no way that they're going to get to us in time like we were supposed to have them right at the start of the lorna run that we okay. did and that wasn't happening, so we're like, all right, so it's about a month and a half out, two months out from the Body Snatcher run. It'll be good then. They're like, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, shit's still going the same way. So they're not, but they made a nice compromise. Our, um, our rep, Ryan, is going to come out to one of the, I think the Sacramento dates in California. Oh, wow. Okay. And they're going to bring us one of their models uh, fitted with Fishman's. So. Oh, fuck yeah. That's still, what two of mine are. Have new you're going to like tour. those Fishman's. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. got the push-pull and everything. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're beautiful for actives because actives are you can get real kind of sensitive with those and yeah, some are right. way too hot and you know, but the Fishman's are perfect match. Perfect Hell match. Hell yeah, man. I've played on them before. I love the way they sounded. Um, I've like recorded with a buddy and he had Fishman's in his uh, guitar. I can't remember. It was a court. A court multi-scale okay. string and that thing sounded fucking phenomenal i was like wow it's like a 700 dollars guitar that like just sounds like a 1500 dollars beautiful one. so i'm cool. hoping that's hoping it'll be a nice accessory to yeah. us and i broke my toggle switch on this tour so i need a new one oh, anyway God. so i need a guitar that isn't broken so to, to switch to switch the nerd categories are you the only one that plays magic on tour does everybody in the band play magic um what's actually funny is i've never brought cards to a show on tour or anything and i decided why not because we're out for so long there's going to be some downtime someone somewhere is going to want to and i've met a couple of people that have wanted to play and i've won like four games so far on this tour we so haven't punished anybody in the band be like dude you got to learn you got to learn <laughs> no actually pete plays he okay just, he just forgot his cards and you know it's been uh, so long since we've been actively in it oh look at pete coming in fresh now speaking too. of look at the fresh Petey pete you were just in time for Magic the Gathering yeah, conversation. Talking about if you play Magic, I mean, yeah, he, he plays a little bit. We he forgot his cards this tour, so it's sad. But well, actually, have to go get that is a really good segue. We have a gift for you guys. Uh, my Hi, buddy my Ian here, my co-host. Uh, you want to explain? So my dad owns a card shop, SideQuest Games, and he's uh, sponsoring this show here today. Shout out SideQuest. And he wants to give you guys some free cards. Yo, that is tight. So, yeah, these are foil mind stones. So you guys can have, I don't, is it just you two that play? It is. You can have three of those. You can have three of those. Dude. Oh, it's literally for colorless man in the 
Yo, yeah. he's, he does he's, not need anything. He doesn't, doesn't need anything need else for that. So there's there's two promo packs here. These are from the. I can the explain. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Ryan's uh, up on the new stuff. I'm more classic, but. Okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I play. Uh, MTG Arena online, and I have regular cards, but I play probably like four to six hours a day. That I shows the life that sometimes. I don't have, right? Yep. And uh, this is the newest edition. This is how do you fucking pronounce this? Innistrad Midnight Hunt. So it's like a bunch of like werewolves and like uh, vampires. And I guess the second edition is coming out next month. And it's gonna be more vampires and werewolves, but it's got like cool uh, abilities where like you have a card and it shows that it's daybound. And then if you do two or more spells next turn, it goes nightbound and the card changes power and stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's also a giant pain in the ass because... Uh, when you play with sleeves, you got to take it out, flip it. That's, that's true. And the one thing that I always do, especially online, is uh, if you level up enough, you can get like invited to tournaments and stuff. So I'm really meticulous about my decks. And... What I, I always play a black-green deck, because that's just my favorite combination. It's a good combo. Yeah. And uh, I essentially tailor my decks to whatever is popular right now with the new additions, because it, it's only standard. You can only play certain series in standard ranking. And uh, it, it's been hard for this new one, because there's a lot of, a lot of fuckery going on with this new series that kind of makes it really hard to like, counter a lot of that stuff. But Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So the the if you haven't gotten packs of these, uh, this there's two set boosters for each of you, and then two of these draft uh, promo or promo packs. So they have, like, they actually send the promo packs. They send to the shops for part of theirs. Yeah, go ahead and open them. Uh, go ahead and open one if you want. But there's there's art in these set boosters, and there's a guaranteed foil this. foil legendary. But this is really cool. And uh, again, side quest games, Wadsworth, Ohio. I'm not gonna. I'll help in a minute. Are you inspired, uh, Taylor, to to possibly learn? Probably not. <laughs> what do we got here? Yeah, that's that's a pain in the eye ass. <laughs> what do we? So this is a this is a sequential enchantment, so it'll go by steps. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. <laughs> That's a sequential enchantment. Yeah. Oh, what is that? What do we got? We got a legendary uh, Florian. It's First strike, a vampire. Okay. Which is cool. These are actually rare because these are supposed to be werewolf. The vampires aren't quite out yet no, so the sure fact that, that you got a legendary well, there's some vampires in the new series but the second edition will have more vampires than legendary werewolves. angel that's yeah. two legendaries there you go right. hell yeah peter cool. with the legendaries awesome so uh back to music for a second because i'm sure half of the people listening are like um uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> how do you go ahead and and uh curate your set list and does that change every tour leg or do you because I mean, honestly, like the the crowd, the the demographic is mostly the same for right. at least these last two tour legs. So yeah. is that something that you've wanted to spice up a bit, or? Um, I mean, it's kind of we just kind of like are like, you know, definitely pander to the crowd. We're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let's play our heaviest ones on the Body Snatcher tour, right? And and the Lorna Shore tour. Right. So it was uh, that's you know, we just try to figure out which ones sound cool after each other, where it's not like super just like. 
one song, then it's like, you know, yeah. like left field out of nowhere. So coming you know, coming up with our set, we're always just it, it's a pretty quick process. We're just like let's play this 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 and this, and it's like then we just kind of throw it together. We also have like interludes and stuff that we throw in there to help everything transition over. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Okay, so. interesting. Like, we also we also take into account to always like play our most popular songs, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a given. But like you know, like the ones that are like not as popular, like we kind of just interchange with like what the best vibe is for the tour. Also, what is the best best vibe for the set? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was something that's really cool about your guys' sound and your brand overall is even though the last two tour legs have been, you know, deathcore mm-hmm. and brutal music, yeah. I feel like because you guys walk a very a good boundary of no pun there be uh, <laughs> a good boundary of uh of uh of being accessible but heavy yeah. i feel like you guys could still fit in other bills that aren't like oh, yeah. only deathcore and i think that's good for your ceiling because yeah. overall when you get uh invites or whether your managers are doing that kind of work you know Just wait till you hear the new stuff you know what i mean yeah even more accessible okay <laughs> and actually yeah. but you know, also way more heavy at the you same reminded time. me of a very good point right now because <laughs> yeah. Whitechapel came out with their album last week yeah. and I, I assume you've heard yeah. it yeah. and the value the last album they had was kind of the it wasn't like necessarily the introduction but it was kind of the uh, statement of deathcore bands can do cleans right yes and Sorry, and that's no you're good and uh, <laughs> and uh, you're good for now I should say and, and uh, it, it seems like that's becoming less and less taboo. Yeah. Whereas before, you would do this double take, and you'd have the, your purest metal haters. Being right. Like, oh, well, can't there's do always going to be those people who there, are just there like, is sadly deathcore has to be fucking brutal. You know what I mean? Well, like to and be honest, cool, like even like, before whatever. the Valley, if you remember, uh, I cannot remember his name from uh, Suicide Silence. The, Mitch? The, no, not Mitch. Oh, uh, Eddie Herman. Eddie, and yeah. you remember he had that song that uh, a couple albums ago he had that single where he did a, a clean chorus, and it was widely oh, hated on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So didn't really get off to a great start, but when Phil did it, yeah. it was very, like, I get, like, these Doom vibes and, like, this yeah. really cool Yeah, ethereal. Phil did it cool. White Shovel did it cool. Right, it and then you guys have uh, clearly have clean vocals on a lot yeah. of your stuff, and when you say more accessible, I assume that might be a hint. Maybe. Uh, you don't have to give anything away. Maybe. But <laughs> but but I think that's yeah, another... You know, just as well as I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that 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 is a really... a even let's let's take away the fact that it sounds cool and it's something that you enjoy doing right. from again a marketing standpoint. That's always where my head is at. Yeah, that's a very good technique to use to be like, okay, we're fucking brutal and heavy as fuck, but we can also have this dimension to us, and we can hell, you never know, and I don't know, but there could be a ballad down the line, or there could be some kind you of you never know exactly. So I think it, it gives you guys. So much, you're not boxed in at all. We like to have depth. I mean, everybody in the band can do so many things. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, I mean, Peter doesn't just write caveman riffs. You know what I mean? He can also, it's crazy. He can actually write leads sometimes. It's really weird. And it's like, and this guy can write really crazy shit. That's not even all necessarily just like, yeah, like, honestly, okay, like, for real, Jacob, stop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then even, even him, dude, like, I mean, he, you're going like to see him with one of those guitars, guitars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next fucking deathcore nah, yeah, guitar. And, like, you know, it's, and it's cool because, like, you know, they let me, you know, go crazy with vocals, too, because, like, I, you know, I can sing a little bit, and, you know, I can do a lot of different types of vocals, which, like, they literally write music that panders right to that. You know what I mean? So we all play off of each other really well, which is sick. As yeah. long as it's not going to be the next mantra, like, uh, 
Bring me the horizon. Uh, I, mean, we, I mean, we might go there eventually. Who knows? I, don't, I mean, there, dude, there's no ceiling to this band, dude. I'm telling you, like. Yeah, man. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna like quote unquote sell out just for the money. You know? No, no, no. It's just like you know we as long our, as our music and yeah our music interests right. just change. That's why that's why every band evolves. Every you don't band. listen to the same band every single day for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like every every band's always influenced by different bands at different time periods, and like so like these bands are gonna put out different sounding mm-hmm. music because they're not influenced by the same things that they were twelve years. ago. And the ago. thing that always bothers me is like as from a fan that's like, oh, I want you to go back to this. Right. Well, if you want that style, there are go a back thousand and listen, bands. Yeah. Uh, or that, but yeah. there's also a thousand other bands out there that Sex. you can listen to as well. Yeah, we're gonna wrap up actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, since doors are about to open, I figured we'd uh, wrap up. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, being here and, and, and giving this us this opportunity to talk to you. And it's been Thank it's been great. And I'm really real, looking yeah. forward to the show. And uh, yeah, best of luck on Hell the rest yeah. of the tour. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Cars. Thank you for giving us the time to talk. I'm glad someone wants to listen to us. <laughs> Sorry I'm late, but I'm glad I made it. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, Wayne. Wayne, come, come say come say something for the people, man. Hi, I'm Wayne. There you have it. The boys in Left to Suffer. That was a great interview. We had a lot of fun with those guys. Great guys. Got to play some magic. Got to watch them kill their set. So good live. Like, they're great on record, but live are just next level so i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them in the near future as far as the future for us goes i know for sure we have a confirmed uh episode with knocked loose we are doing that remotely although we do not prefer to do remote at this point there's some things that are just going to be have to handled remotely if we want to have these guests on so i look forward to having knocked loose on the podcast other than that uh we have some things in the future there are some shows coming to town that hopefully we can land some more guests and we will keep you posted to that on our socials speaking of please follow us on all things music podcast on facebook please follow us on the all thing atm podcast on twitter and yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, if you if you listen to us on Apple Music or Spotify, please put your notifications on so you're notified when we get a new episode up uh, because we have some good, cool interviews coming up. We have competitions, contests, giveaways, all those sorts of awesome things. Again, I want to thank Danny, Danny Wimmer Presents for giving us the opportunity to cover their festivals this year. Hopefully we can do it again next year in a more uh, media-friendly capacity. And uh, yeah, as always, we're out.